Fortunate Son, coming to you live from Tower Studios. As always, I'm your host, JT, and I'll be your tour guide as we explore the human condition and the journey of life. Well, my friends, I hope that uh, you've had a brilliant week. I hope that you've got to enjoy yourself, whatever you're doing, wherever you are. Uh, this, uh, this, this song that you can hear, this is a song from John Lennon, and it's very fitting. I've always liked it, but um, over the last several months, uh, it's really brought a newfound meaning to myself. Now, I don't have the money that Mr. Lennon had, so um, I won't be retiring anytime soon, but it's basically a song about when he took a step back from the rat race of you know doing music and being out there being a celebrity and just spent time at home with his son and Yoko Ono and uh, raising his son. And, uh, yeah, basically the theme of the song is just that, um, you think I'm crazy or, uh, you know, you might think I'm missing all of that, but uh, I'm not, and I'm more than happy doing what I'm doing. So, uh, just remember that my friends, just wherever you are in your life, um, if you're happy doing what you're doing, don't be so concerned about what others think or uh, what other people's uh, input may be around it. You know, uh, many people have the best intentions for us, but, uh, it doesn't mean that we should live our lives to please everyone else. And that's, uh, that's what the, the topic of tonight's uh, program is going to be. The, uh, the main segment is going to be about something that just couldn't wait. So that's why rather than doing another program on food, uh, I wanted to put in this program and then uh, I'll move on uh, back to my food journey in the next episode. But um, the, the thing that uh, really couldn't wait is um, it's really regret. You know, it's about addressing regret. And especially uh, around people at the end of their lives uh, and those people reaching out to you and I and uh, telling us what they regret, regret and what they wish they would have done different with their lives. So um, I'm going to read you the top 20 reasons, top 20 regrets from people who are dying. And um, yeah, you know, it's uh, I think it's something that we should all listen to. We should all hear. Uh, lately, I've been doing a good bit of reminiscing. Um, that's not always a bad thing. I mean, it can be a double-edged sword, as we all know. You know, you can get really down in the dumps. You can get depressed thinking about things that you've done wrong in your life or people who are gone. But um, yeah, for whatever reason, the last few days, I've just, I, I've really been reminiscing about people. I've been listening to a lot of old songs and songs that remind me of, um, you know, different situations in my life, but not really, like I say, in a negative way, just more of a, uh, you know, in that looking back uh, phase of my life. And just thinking about uh, some of the things I've done, some of the people I've been around, some of the people I wish were still around. And, um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm sure you all go through that at some point as well. Now, um, look, on tonight's program, uh, there will be no shout-outs. Um, there's a reason why. Um, you know, usually I like to thank everyone uh, who contributes to the show, and as always, I do appreciate everyone who's listening to this. But um, tonight's program is dedicated to someone very special. Um, so my partner's sister passed away two years ago. She was only 34 years old, and um, she passed away from cancer. And she left before, be, uh, behind four children. And it really, uh, you know, it devastated the family, and it's put a big hole in everyone's lives. So I just wanted to dedicate this program to her. And the reason why also is that she always encouraged everyone in the family to pursue their dreams and their talents. Uh, so my, my, uh, my brother-in-law, uh, her brother, uh, she, you know, was always egging him on to continue with his, with his uh, drawing and artwork because uh, he's a phenomenal artist. He did the uh, logo for the program uh, for The Fortunate Son, and um, he's, he's definitely got the talent. So, I mean, she was always a positive influence on everyone, and she's dearly missed. And uh, it was heart-wrenching for me to see her uh, come down with cancer and pass away at such a young age. You know, um, for those of you who have listened to the show a few times, I lost my mom. Uh, me and my mom were very close, but at least my mom made it to 74. You know, um, she lived a full life. Uh, but poor Losa, you know, she, she lost her life much sooner. So, yeah, this, uh, this episode is dedicated to her. And, um, and also another, another very close family friend to me. When I first came uh, to New Zealand, um, I didn't have anyone here aside from my partner's family and uh, those people. And, um, you know, no offense against any of them, but um, we all get homesick, especially if we don't have friends and family around. Well, within a you know few months, uh, I'd gone to work very long and um, stressful hours, hard jobs, and uh, I had a friend at work who befriended me, and um, I'm proud to this day to uh, call him a brother. You know, he's treated me like a, a big brother does. He's uh, always been very good to me. Uh, he took me on my first trip around uh, the country, got me out of out of the city, out into the country, and um, all of his family have treated me like family. My mom was always very appreciative for that, and um, when my mom passed on, um, their mother, uh, you know, has basically become my surrogate mother. So, um, yeah, so uh, they they lost Peter many years ago. Um, he passed on many many years ago, but uh, every every year on his um, on the anniversary of his passing and also his birthday, it's obviously still very raw to the family. So. Um, yeah, this show is also dedicated to Peter. So to Losa and Peter, um, you know, you'll always be in our hearts. And to all those out there who have lost loved ones, I know it's one of the most difficult things for us to do in life. So I also dedicate this program to uh, everyone that you've lost, all of the listeners, all the people that you've lost in your lives that, um, you know, meant the world to you. I've had many. Uh, it's one of the hardest things in the journey of life. But um, at the end of the day, this is why I always say we should be thankful uh, for the days that we wake up every morning because it's a blessing that so many people before us didn't get that have already passed on. So now in covering that over, um, you know, the, uh, the, the programs I did about what was happening in the U.S., um, they were very emotional for me, very raw, as I say. You know, it's, 
it, it was very difficult for me to basically watch the country tearing itself apart. But um, in the interim, you know, uh, things have, I won't say calmed down, but, you know, the, the rioting and the looting has definitely, you know, died down. Um, I have seen several cases of police violence. I'm not very, very happy to see. I mean, I've seen some other cases that I've heard, um, you know, are really bad. But personally, I, you know, I can see both sides of some of them, not all. The bottom line is, um, you know, it's brought accountability to what you do as a person in life. And, you know, people presenting one side of information when they do reports and that, uh, and then when people actually have footage of it, um, that is, I think in the long run, it will be good for society. I'm, I'm not saying that the police, um, the police's role is easy. I know it's very hard. I know it's very difficult. Um, I've had family members in the police. I've had lots of friends in the police. There was a time that I actually was very close to becoming a sheriff's deputy, but I didn't in the end. But at the same time, we all know that there are some members in any group, whether it's the police or any other occupation, that will do the minimum or skate by, and they will use peer pressure to try to get other people to back up their claims. So I do think that having the footage in the long term is going to make a positive change. Um, you know, I've had a lot of my faith in humanity as a whole uh, kind of reinvigorated this week. I've talked to a few people online, um, you know, four or five people online who I don't know. I've, I've never met them. But, um, you know, people who have their eyes open and they're not just seeing things from one side, they're not just listening to what the media tells them to do, you know, uh, they're not going to put up with this BS that, you know, if you're black, you must vote for me. If you're white, you must vote for me. Uh, this is all, you know, racial politics and it's all meant to divide and conquer, as I say. And talking to some of these people and most of them quite a bit younger than me, I mean, literally young enough to be my, my, my sons, it's really filled me with, um, hope and a newfound respect of the younger generation. It's not that I've never met anyone in the younger generations that, you know, I haven't admired or respected. Um, but, you know, having some of these conversations the last few days, it's been really good for me mentally. And um, yeah, folks, again, I mean, we're all human. We all make mistakes. <laughs> again, I made more than my share in life. Uh, I, I, that's why this program is The Fortunate Son. I'm quite fortunate that um, I haven't suffered more in my life for some of the things I've done. Um, you know, I've had some bad breaks. I think that most of us have. But at the end of the day, you know, um, my life is not nearly as bad as many people's are. And I'm sure there are plenty of people that would, would love to uh, switch places with me. Um, but, you know, just, just hearing from some of these younger people, just the way they carry themselves and their mental abilities, their abilities to discuss things without getting heated and um, angry and just keeping to facts. And, um, you know, uh, look, I, I'm really, I'm really uh, optimistic about our future and where we're headed as a, as a species, you know, um, as, as the human race, I am quite optimistic after, after this week. So I just wanted to say that before I got into the three, three reasons why life doesn't suck. So um, as always, you know, I try and give you three positive articles about, uh, you know, three reasons why life doesn't suck today. 
three positive stories. So um, as always, I've got three articles for you, and I'll read them, and I'll have the links in the show notes as well. And one other uh, slight addition, just before I move on to uh, the three reasons why life doesn't suck. Um, You know, again, folks, um, I've got the Instagram page if you'd like to go over there find out anything more about the show, you know, any notes on what I've been doing. I try and post some good inspirational quotes over there, as well as, uh, you know, just general show information. You can always reach me over there. You can also email me on the fortunate son podcast at gmail.com if you wanted to get a hold of me. And now without any further ado, uh, into our three articles. So the first article here is from atlasobscura.com. This one uh, ties in directly with uh, last week's food episode. Uh, This was published on June the 4th, 2020, and it's titled The Cherokee Chefs Bringing Back North America's Lost Cuisine. Researching traditional foods led them to the revelations of an archaeological dig in Kentucky. This was by Eric J. Wallace. In March, a few weeks before COVID-19 shut down the country, Chef Nico Albert and her longtime mentee, Chef Taylor Barton, met at Douay Restaurant and Jazz to discuss plans for their upcoming Native American dinners and culinary classes. Each November for the past two years, Albert has turned the menu at, uh, sorry, I think it's Duet, Duet Restaurant and Jazz into full Native American fare. While the seasonal new American food that Albert serves year-round has made the 140-seat eatery one of Tulsa's most beloved fine dineries, it is this menu of contemporary native dishes available only during Native American Heritage Month that truly stands out. Locals and regulars flock to the restaurant, and Cherokee and other tribal members come from as far away as Michigan or Seattle. The offerings, which include persimmon fry bread pie, made with Pawnee heirloom corn and crispy sumac-crusted snapper with roasted squash, wild greens, sweet corn hazelnut sauce, and pickled blueberries routinely sell out. Now, folks, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, being from the U.S. and being a quarter Native American, obviously I do, but a lot of people don't realize that things like uh, corn or maize that uh, originated from the Americas, uh, from the Indians, the same with sweet potatoes, the same with uh, potatoes themselves, and uh, many other uh, items, squashes and other squash and pumpkins came from the New World. So for people who may not think there's a lot that came out of the New World, all of those items did, uh, as well as turkey and cranberries or a couple others. Back to the article. The woman, le- both members, the women, both members of the Cherokee Nation of Oklahoma were slated to lead historical foraging and spring onion dinner experiences about pre-colonial foodways and matriarchal roles, and cook suppers of traditional Cherokee foods for local museums and historical societies. They were also discussing possibilities for this year's November menu at Duet. Barton may be a guest chef. Of course, it should continue to feature contemporary Native American food, whose presence at a fine dining restaurant remains rare and special but might it also debut their effort to restore one of North America's oldest regional indigenous cuisines, one that has been almost completely lost and is rarely referenced outside of the pages of archaeological journals? Barton suggested doing at least one entree, perhaps rabbit legs, seasoned with dried sassafras leaves and braised with cedar fronds and wild sunflower oil, served over a bed of Kanoa-esque pit-seed goosefoot grains, 
and the plant's sautéed leaves, reminiscent of kale, and ochre-like milkweed seed pods. If that happens, it will be the first time such tastes have been publicly available in at least 1,000 years, and one more step towards their shared goal of launching a restaurant to showcase it and other historic native foods. Look, folks, again, you know, here on The Fortunate Son, I don't really push any particular, um, uh, you know, political agenda or anything like that. I will say that the way that the Native Americans um, in North and South America have been treated um, historically is a black eye on the human race. I mean, you had tens of millions of people basically wiped out. Uh, through slavery, um, hard labor, uh, disease, and basically forced to mine the gold and silver to ship back to Europe. So again, you know, I'm not going to go really deep into this. Um, it's uh, not something a lot of people really want to talk about. But um, the fact that they are highlighting these foods uh, that, you know, were eaten hundreds of years ago, it's really, you know, to me, it's really a step in the right direction. Now, obviously, they've done it of their own accord. But when I was growing up, uh, the Native American, um, you know, community was pretty suppressed where I grew up. I mean, there were reservations, there were places you could go, but it's not like you would ever go and find a restaurant with uh, Native American food. Uh, I find that, um, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely time for that. Uh, different countries you go to, like, you know, most people, for example, if you go to the Pacific Islands, most people want to try the food there. If you go to Europe, you want to try the national dishes. Why not Native American food in America, you know? Uh, so, yeah, you know, look, that's that's a real positive story, and I'm glad to see it. Now, on to the second story of the day, which is uh, from blf.org.uk, which is British Lung Foundation. And this one was uh, published on the 4th of June, 2020. And it says that nearly 2 million people with lung conditions notice improved symptoms as a result of drop in air pollution. Now, I personally have asthma. Uh, my partner has asthma, and I've known a lot of people with asthma, emphysema, bronchitis. So um, this is near and dear to me. One in six people living with lung conditions in the UK notice their symptoms have improved as a result of the fall in air pollution levels since lockdown, according to Britain's leading respiratory charity, the British Lung Foundation. Air pollution can be particularly dangerous for the 12 million people in the UK living with diagnosed lung conditions, such as asthma, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, as it can make their symptoms flare up and lead to hospitalization. With an estimated 1.94 million people with lung conditions now noticing an improvement to the symptoms, the British Lung Foundation and the Task Force for Lung Health are calling for a long-term commitment to reducing air pollution in the UK through the adoption of World Health Organization's legal limits on behalf of those who are most at risk. The figures from a British Lung Foundation survey of over 14,000 people living with lung conditions in the UK also reveal that more than half, 57.2%, of people living with lung conditions said that they had noticed a decrease in air pollution since lockdown. Well, look, folks, this is basically a no-brainer. The less crap we're pumping into the atmosphere, the better off it's going to be on everyone as far as breathing and allergies and asthma and some of these different things that they deal with. Um, again, you know, for me personally, um, when I was growing up, there were certain people who thought that asthma was a joke. 
Um, I was hospitalized multiple times. I nearly died twice from asthma because where I'm originally from, um, each year in the fall, rather than tilling under the leftover, uh, you know, plants, the waste, so, you know, the, the brown stalks and that that had withered and dried up, rather than plowing those back into the soil, they burned them off. And at least twice, uh, you know, before I even went to school, I had to be taken into um, observation, MRI, the whole deal, because of the reaction my body had to this smoke. It's not a joke, folks. Um, as I've said on here many times, you know, uh, we have to have empathy for our fellow man, walk a mile in my shoes. Um, you know, there are other people who, who have had, you know, much worse um, instances of asthma and that um, than me. But the biggest problem is that when you age, it tends to come back, you know, as you get into your twilight years. So hopefully mine won't come back as badly as it was when I was younger. But again, this is definitely a positive thing because uh, for those of you who have suffered with it or had family members who suffer with it, your quality of life is just horrible, uh, you know, when you can't breathe. You know, it's like, how can you feel like doing anything when you're short of breath and you can't breathe? It's pretty rough. Uh, one positive, you know, one thing people tend to forget is if you go back and you look at the old footage, especially in the U.S. and in the big cities like L.A. and New York, you look at the footage back in the 70s, uh, 60s and 70s before they had the cleaner air legislation that they do now. It was just unbelievably, you know, dark and dingy looking. So, um, you know, again, hopefully as time progresses and as the world finds better and cleaner ways to do such things, uh, it will get better. So again, there's some good news for you today. And the third and final one is from uh, www.positivenews. And this one was published on June the 4th, and it's from Abby Young Powell. And this one is titled, Kindness versus Coronavirus, How Altruistic Acts Are Helping People Cope. In the face of challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic, many people have taken opportunities to help others and found it rewarding for themselves too. We discover why for them, it's a good time to get kind. On the day lockdown was announced in Wales, Beverly Jones, 56, was busy putting notes through doors in her village of Raglan. If in this time of isolation you need anything from the shop, we will be popping up each morning, she wrote. Don't hesitate to call at any point. Since then, she's been shopping for nine households each week. I have certain days for different people, and every morning I go and get the papers, she says. The weeks fly by. Doing this has helped Jones cope during the pandemic. I have anxiety, she says, so helping others gives me a purpose, routine, and a little bit of control over my diary. It also gives me great joy to know I'm helping others in their time of need. When Positive News put a call out on social media for people who have helped others during the pandemic, hundreds of responses were received. During lockdown, many of you have signed up as volunteers, helped vulnerable people in your community, or carried out small acts of kindness. So, do crises bring out the best in us? We asked people what altruistic acts they've been doing and why, and spoke to psychologists to find out how giving boosts our mood and helps us stay resilient. Many people said they wanted to play their part in the response to the coronavirus crisis. For example, Joe Tanarella was frustrated when he felt there was nothing he could do to support others. So again, folks, I'll leave a link um, to this in the show notes. I won't read the entire article. But um, yeah, look, some of the most successful people in life, uh, whether you count success by money or you count success by 
the quality of the life they live and the impact they make to others. Most of these people uh, find, you know, things to do uh, to give back. So whether it's volunteering time at a mission or a food kitchen, volunteering to help seniors, volunteering to help kids, um, you know, it is a very important thing in our life. As always, I don't want to tell people what to do and how to think in their life, but I will tell you this. I've read study after study, and you know it's one of the most positive things that you can do. Uh, it really is good for you personally. It's great for things like blood pressure and stress, and it helps take uh, you know the hard edge that we can get off of ourselves as we go through life. You know, I guess uh, one of the easy ways to think about it is if you have a let's say a rubber ball and it's got glue on it. You roll it around in the yard, it's going to get all dirty and it's going to have this crust built up. Well, that's kind of like how we are as people as we go through life. You know, we we deal with the suffering and the pain that others have given us or some of the things that, you know, self-suffering for some of the things that we've done to others and that we punish ourselves for. And so sometimes just to cut through all of that, you know, kind of build up down to us at our human core by doing something really kind and altruistic, you know, it's it, it's something very important, you know, and, and try it, you know. Uh, you'd be amazed what it'll do, e even if it's something as simple as if you're in the line buying a coffee. Buy, buy a coffee for the person behind you, you know. It doesn't have to be any massive thing, you know. You don't have to go out and sponsor a wing at a library or, uh, you know, donate a uh, million dollars to a school. You can do small things, and they make just as much impact in people's lives as the big things. Um, and oftentimes they restore people's uh, faith in humanity that there are good people out there. So as always, folks, um, you know, uh, that's a wrap up on the three reasons why life doesn't suck. I hope that you enjoyed those stories. And again, I'll have the notes in the show notes, the links to the articles so you can read them yourselves. gentlemen, one of the most universal things about our human condition and the things that we deal with is regret and dealing with that regret, some of the things that we may have done to others or that others have done to us. And um, yeah, I mean, it's one of the hardest parts about our life's journey. And especially as we get closer and closer to, you know, the ends of our life, 
a lot of people suffer with some of these, um, you know, these regrets and some of the things that they've gone to. And, um, you know, they really want to share what those regrets are for us. And especially to some of the younger people in the audience, you know, that, um, you know, might just be kind of starting on your life journey. Um, I feel that uh, the list that I've got here in front of me is really important. And I've listened to some programs in the past that have covered over, you know, some of these regrets that people have. And, um, you know, I, I think it's very important that um, although we have to live our lives in our own way, it's really important that we learn and at least have the perspective of some of the some of the people's um, opinions, you know, um, who are a bit older than us. And I think that this is a really uh, core tenant is listening to people who are near the end of their life's journey and their advice on on how to cope with these things. So I'm just going to read this article. Uh, I'll put a link to this article in the show notes as well. And this one is uh, from Kyle B. Hart. And this one is called 20 Regrets from People on Their Deathbeds That Will Change Your Life. So it says, you're going to die someday. Perhaps the five most powerful words ever spoken to me. No matter how immortal we feel waltzing through life's up and downs, we all must someday stare death in its devious eyes as we reflect on our lives. Life is complex, sure, that's a given, but if you really ponder for a moment, it can be boiled down to two feelings you'll most likely be met with on your deathbed, triumph or regret. Thankfully, every day is a great day to get better. Every day is a perfect day to change the track of your life, to reroute the potential destructive path of a life wasted. What better place to start than people in their final days? So the first one here is, I wish I wouldn't have compared myself to others. What I'll do on each one is I'll read his points and then I'll give you my own, you know, personal thoughts on it. So the first, uh, so um, Eric's thoughts are: everyone struggles with this, but there's nearly nothing that's so detrimental to fulfillment. Instead of comparing yourself to your friends, family, or idols, reflect on how far you've come as a person, even if it's just the person you were yesterday. Look, folks, um, to me, this is where humility really takes a, a key aspect. If you're humble and you keep yourself humbled, you know, you shouldn't be really comparing yourself to everyone else in the world. At times in my life, it's definitely happened to me, and I'm not going to say that it hasn't. And probably every person at some point has gone through this emotion. But, um, you know, if, if you keep yourself grounded and you know that you've always got uh, things you can improve, improve on and uh, there's always a, a next step for your evolution as a human, um, then I think that, uh, you know, this is something that, you know, you should be able to deal with. And again, you know, I, I still to this day, it, it happens to me, but I don't live my life comparing myself to other people and the success that I may see in my eyes that they have as compared to myself. Second one here is, I wish I'd taken action and dove in headfirst. I'll let you in on a little secret. There is no right way. So many people are paralyzed by the idea that what they want to become, or sorry, of what they want to, because they worry it won't happen as quickly as they want. Well, it won't. But what's worse than dedicating time to your dream each day and seeing snail-like progress? A life wasted doing things you don't want to. So the JT's thoughts on this is um, there's a very famous quote from 
general pattern. Um, a very quick aside, I remember in a former life in one of my jobs, um, I used to post kind of inspirational quotes. And I used a lot of military quotes because in work you can directly tie work to military maneuvers and exercises, etc. And one of the other managers said to me, oh, yeah, oh, military, you know, you shouldn't post military because it's got connotations. Everything's got connotations, um, is my feeling. Anymore in life, there's always someone who is going to be uncomfortable with what you have to say or how you think. So should we all be paralyzed by this? No, you know, again, if someone's uncomfortable and they tell you they're uncomfortable, then, you know, maybe at that point you look at editing your message, but the paralysis of fear that you're going to offend someone by speaking or acting, um, you know, it can just derail your whole life. And then people don't say anything. And the sad bit is when they've really got something instrumental to say on a topic, um, you know, they can self-edit themselves into not saying anything. So General Patton's quote was, I would rather have a poorly planned, uh, you know, I would rather have a poorly planned attack executed immediately than a perfectly planned uh, attack executed in two or three days. So basically what he was saying is action, you know, always action, always being proactive, always moving. And General Patton, for those of you who don't know much about uh, military history, General Patton was always a man who was always pushing his troops, always pushing the envelope to move, attack, keep moving. Uh, he's also, another paraphrase of his is that the best defense is a good offense. So it's like this podcast, folks. Look, I started out simply recording things into my iPhone. I, I did do a, a bit of quick research, and then I started saying to myself, oh, well, what if it doesn't work out in the sound and everything else? But again, these fears in our mind can paralyze us. So start, you know, take a step. You don't have to reinvent the, wor the, the wheel, you know, but... Um, the, you know, another one of my favorite sayings is that the longest journey starts with a single step. So take that step today. You know, again, one of the proverbs that I've said many times on the program and one of my personal favorite proverbs is the best time to plant a tree was 50 years ago. The second best time to plant that tree is now. So the third one here is I wish I'd tuned the world out more. Everyone around you tries to dictate what you are or who you should be, but you let them. No one needs to validate your worth besides yourself, and you will someday deeply regret if you spend your life pleasing the world around you. Don't worry about pleasing your parents, friends, or bosses. You need to worry about a number one first and foremost, always. This one's very difficult, folks, and for my own personal journey in life, I felt it's always very important to take on board things that, the, especially the people that love you, uh, have to say and those people who are trying to mentor you and help you along in your life's journey. It doesn't mean that you must do everything that they say, but at least take their counsel, take their guidance. Uh, again, you know, I think that we've all seen movies or stories of a leader who acts very rashly because they didn't take heed of what others have to say. So again, you know, there is a fine line here. And yes, you know, you should tune out the world, especially if it's being completely negative. Let's say you want to start a business and, you know, in your mind, you're sure it'll be a success. There are a hundred reasons to not start that business. And it only takes one 
positive reason for you to do it. Of course, you've got to make sure that you can meet your, meet your commitments. You know, you can feed your children, you can look after your partner. But, you know, don't be paralyzed by that fear. If I would have, I never would have started this program. And I also never would have taken the risk of moving halfway around the world. But it's two of the things that I'm most happy that I've done. So, um, yeah. I wish I didn't wait to start it tomorrow. Excuses are plentiful because they're so easy to make. You will always find reasons to validate your inaction, and this is a common cause of deathbed regret. The things you want to do tomorrow can effortlessly turn into things you wish you did 50 years ago. So again, I've already covered over my thoughts on this, but again, yeah, it happens to me, folks. It happens to the best of us, but don't let it paralyze you. It's fine to, at times, take stock in your life, breathe, catch up, and then work out what your POA, I always say, so plan of action, plan of attack, what am I going to do next? But don't let it paralyze you. Don't let taking a day off turn into six months of not doing what you really wanted to do. I struggle with it at times. I'll be, I'll have trepidations about doing something, so I look to avoid it on a subconscious level. And you've just got to push yourself past that comfort level and do it. The next one is, I wish I would have kept going. Even if you are brave enough to take the chance, failure happens. Where this failure can turn into a major regret, however, is a decision to quit. When you let the pressure of falling short overcome your love for your endeavor, you lost. Keep going. So again, you know, a perfect example of this is Rocky. Um, someone who has mentored me in my life uh, to a large degree and helped me hone a lot of my business skills and, uh, you know, my work talents often said to me that, you know, he thought of me as Rocky because uh, it's not about how many times you get knocked down. It's about how many times you get up and carry on. And that's how he always looked at some of the things that I've gone through in my life. I personally, again, I don't always see it. You know, we, we all have our own self-doubt. But again, keep going. One foot in front of the other. We've all heard those stories of people who died when they basically decided they didn't have anything to live for. Keep it up, folks, you know, just keep moving in a positive direction. Number seven, I wish I'd told others how much I love them. Everyone wants to feel appreciated, but very few are willing to tell others how much they appreciate them. So often we are wrapped up in gaining love, but fail to give it to the ones we care the most about. Tell them often before it's too late. Again, folks, you've heard me talk about this on The Fortunate Son. It's one of the reasons why I started the program. Every year on Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is not a New Zealand holiday. It's a holiday to me. And again, you can get bogged down in the negatives about, oh, you know, pilgrims and colonialism and everything else. But to me, the core value of Thanksgiving is being thankful for what I have in my life. So every year on Thanksgiving, I would go around at the job I worked at and I would thank the people who I appreciated for what they'd done for me. Um, and some of those people were the people who worked under me. Some of those were my managers. Um, and I made sure to reach out to those people in my life that I'm close to and make sure that they know I'm thankful for what they've done for me in my life. Because that's so true. I mean, this can, this whole life can just be gone like that. Snap of your fingers, it's over. So, you know, make sure that people know what they meant to you. Um, Kanye West in one of his songs, you know, I often think about it. Um, you know, he's got a lyric that says, um, people don't sniff the flowers, uh, while they've got them there. So again, you know, 
Enjoy that time with your loved ones. Uh, make sure that they know how much you love them and how much you appreciate them. Number eight, I wish I was content with what I have. Be it more money, more recognition, or more options, we always want more of something. Very few are able to take an honest step back and recognize that what they have is more than enough. It's always good to want more from life, but it's essential to truly appreciate what you have. Again, folks, I've talked about this many times on the program. Small things in life. Appreciate the things that you have. Appreciate where you've come from. There have been many days in my life where uh, the, the, the choice was, well, John, are you going to eat beans or rice? Because that's all I could afford. I couldn't afford meat. Every time I got paid, uh, you know, every week, every month, the decision wasn't, you know, oh, what do I do with the money that's left over? The decision would be, which bill do I not pay this week because I can't afford to? And who can I afford to piss off? So, you know, once we get past those, those human, uh, you know, things that we all need, so a roof over our heads, uh, food and a place to sleep and clothing, what more do we need, you know? So, you know, basically, once you move past those things, be grateful that you've got those things in life. And, you know, don't be too greedy. Uh, money is a great thing. It makes our life journey great. But, um, you know, don't kill yourself over it. And, folks, this is coming from a lifelong workaholic. I started my first job, uh, hired job at 13, and I worked before that back to the age of six or seven for family and friends, um, you know, doing odd jobs and uh, outdoor type stuff. So, you know, I have been working now for very nearly 30 years. There are things that I regret about that. Um, sometimes I wish I would have stopped and smelled the roses a bit more myself, but I'm doing it now. Um, I don't have a job. I'm not panicking about it. It's not ideal, but um, at the end of the day, I'm in a lot better position than so many others. Number nine, I wish I took better care of my body. Today's society tells us that taking care of yourself is synonymous with a chiseled six-pack. This is by no means true. Making healthy choices is important in all facets of life, not just physical experience. Not eating junk food, not smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, and not drinking every weekend are three pretty easy ways to start. Again, folks, you know, I'm not here to tell you what to do. Um, there are things in my life I could definitely clean up. I've always had a, an extremely good willpower, so alcohol, you know, if you if you made a bet with me that, you know, look, if you can go a month with it or a year without drinking, um, I'll take you on holiday. No problem. Sweet, done. Um, you know, uh, alcohol, um, smoking, um, other things in my life, I've been able to quit, no problem. Food has always been a struggle for me. Uh, a lot of it is that food was, I used food as a comfort mechanism when I was younger. And when I would struggle with things, um, you know, I would always kind of get lost in food. And, and I still love food. But um, I could definitely, uh, you know, I could definitely cut back. But again, you know, start. Take that step. You know, if um, you're smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, you know, cut down immediately. Get started. Each day you, you, um, each day you you tarry on doing things like this is going to be one last day on the other end of your life that you don't get to enjoy. So, um, you know, we're all, you know, as the old saying goes, not to bring religion into this, but um, we're all sinners and it's all relative. So, you know, um, if you want to live a long life, get started now. Think about it. You know, do you need to go and eat um, McDonald's three days a week? Probably not. 
Use it as a treat. Number 10, I wish I'd listened to others more. Everyone thinks they're right all the time and everyone has opinions that they sometimes force on others. It's all right to have them, but it's more important to have the ability to listen. Even if you don't agree with the point of view, challenge yourself to hear others without passing judgment. I see this a lot on, you know, in in general, in the world right now, where people, as I've said, people are very polarized and if you don't agree with them 100%, they don't want to listen. Well, that's what life experience is about, is, is getting out and about meeting people, getting other points of view. Look, some of those points of view, you're not going to like. I mean, I've met plenty of people in my life. I don't necessarily, you know, I'm never going to be their best friend. But, um, you know, at least I, I, I got their viewpoint and I could understand why they were looking at things from a certain angle. So, yeah, you know, just expose yourself to those other opinions, um, you know, varying thoughts on different things. Go out there and educate yourself, you know. And, um, yeah, you know, uh, again, when people give you advice, take it on board. doesn't mean that you must use every bit of advice you've got, but I'll tell you what, folks, I wish I would have listened to more of the advice that I've been given over the years. I'd already be retired. Number 11, I wish I'd, I'd have not held that grudge. It's discouraging when someone hurts you, especially if that person means a lot to you, but harboring grudges hurts you in the long term more than it did initially. Again, folks, um, I covered this uh, a few episodes ago. Those grudges will eat you up alive. They will basically poison you from the inside. They'll tear you up and spit you out. And you'll end up bitter and twisted. And you won't see any good in anything. Uh, Trust me, I've been partway on that journey. And I've watched very, very close loved ones to me go down that path. Um, And it's not something you want to do. It's not worth it. Forgiveness is not for the person you forgive. It's for yourself. Remember that. Number 12, I wish I'd have traveled more. People often mistake that traveling has to involve a foreign country and a couple thousand dollars. Fooey, jump in the car, drive an hour to a nearby city and explore something you haven't before. Don't jail yourself in your house because of erroneous notions of what it means to travel. Yep, 100% true, folks. Here I am living in what many people would think of as a paradise. New Zealand, green lush tropical, and I don't get out as much as I should. Uh, I always find excuses. Um, I'm a bit of a homebody. I always tell myself, oh, no, no, you know, I'll go next time. I'll, I'll take this trip here. Again, life is short. Don't know when it's going to happen. Don't know when that day uh, that our card will be called, any of us. So get out there and do it. Even if you always take a walk, walk a different, you know, walk a different path. You know, go the opposite direction of what you would normally do. Um, I knew a guy when I was younger and... Um, in California, and, and I, I thought he had a brilliant um, outlook on life. He was in his 50s, and he said to me, what he would do is whatever his first instinct was, you know, that gut feeling. Let's say he woke up in the morning and he said, oh, I'm really craving a burger. He would f- look at that thought in front of him, and he would force himself to say, instead of a burger, I'm going to have chicken, let's say. So whatever his first thought was, he would force himself to go another way. If his natural reaction was to walk to his left, he would walk to his right. And he said that it always forced him to consider each thought that went through his mind and view it for what it was. And then by making that choice, he was rewiring his brain um, and breaking habits. And, And I thought it was fascinating. And I've heard, you know, I've heard and I've read a lot on that since. And, um, you know, again, I was in my late teens. I took it on board, but I didn't really, you know, 
read into it in depth. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things, you know. Don't be afraid to go outside of your square. Go and find a new restaurant. Uh, you know, go and go and find a, a new place to do your exercise. You just go and do something a little different. Number 13, I wish I'd have laughed it off. You take yourself far too seriously. Heck, we all do. One of the major regrets people have in life is simply taking life too seriously. Bad things are bound to happen, sure, but they're pretty much always not as bad as we make them out to be in our head. And isn't life way more fun if we're chuckling along with it? Folks, you've heard me say it on here before. I have what is known as gallows humor. So that means if I was walking down death row, I'd probably be laughing about it because it's a defense mechanism. But it's true. You know, I stole this phrase from a friend of mine and um, used to be a manager, but it's ever so true. When people say to me, oh, well, you know, that's a tough break or whatever, I will say it's hard to kill a weed. So basically, I'm a weed and it's hard to kill me and it always gets a chuckle and it oftentimes makes me feel better. So yeah, laughter is the best medicine in my mind. Through some of the most difficult times in my life, um, I've been able to laugh about it. Number 14, I wish I'd left work at work for only 40 hours a week. Humans are hardwired to work and provide for the ones they love. However, this often comes at the expense of our loved ones because we spend so much stinking time wrapping things up at the office or putting in a couple hours emailing on the weekends. Here's a new news flash. Your job is going to still be there and exist when you die, but it'll be someone else in that seat neglecting their family instead. Don't let that happen. Folks, this has been really difficult for me as a workaholic to learn this lesson, but it's true. I appreciate what companies do, and I appreciate the fact that they pay me for a service. However, I have seen through my life that most companies do not have loyalty towards you any further than the service you provide and paying you to do that service. It's your managers, and it's the, the people themselves in the organization that have that loyalty. I've always had loyalty to my staff as long as they had loyalty to me. If someone was giving me their full effort, they could be driving off a cliff and I would be sitting in the car with them. But um, the second that they didn't want help or, you know, they, they just really didn't care, they'd, they'd switched off, tuned off and didn't want to change, didn't want to improve. You know, I didn't wish them any ill, but it's over to you now. Training wheels are off. You do your thing. And if you fail, um, sorry. You know, I tried to help you and you didn't want my input. So, yeah, folks, um, it's fine to have a career. It's fine to do those jobs and everything else. But, you know, don't don't forget about your family. I've been in that position a few times in my life where I've nearly lost um, partners um, because of my workaholic ways. Nothing wrong with working, but, you know, make that, make that uh, you know, that delineation. If you work 80 hours a week, like I have at times, you know, 80, 90, 100 hour weeks, when you get home at least, just try and switch off from work as best as you can. I call it decompressing when I come in the door. I treat it like um, decompressing from a dive. I park in the garage, I walk in through a certain room, I get undressed and changed into home clothes, and then I try and leave work in that room. Um, easy now, because I'm not working, but um, not always easy, I know. 15. I wish I would have stayed in touch with friends. It's normal for people to fall out of touch, but often it's the result of a they-didn't-call-me-so-they-don't-miss-me mentality. If you truly miss someone and are wondering how they're doing, chances are the other party is feeling the same way. Be the first to call, write, or visit. You'll be glad you did. Folks, there's some people in my life that I've known a very long time, and there's some people in my life that I've known a relatively short time. 
But the one thing that I've always tried to do is keep in touch with the people who have always been my biggest supporters. Now, there is a point where if I continue to try and keep up with someone and they don't want me in their life, and, you know, I'm not being negative, but if they don't show any signs of really reciprocating your care of being in their life, then I'll take my hands off because I know a lot of people look at astrology weird, but I'm a Libra. And um, I believe that a lot of the points of a Libra um, do match me. So I believe in balance. I don't believe in forcing people to do things they don't want to do. Um, I believe in, uh, you know, basically democracy or republic in lack of a better term where we vote for, uh, you know, we vote for things. And I feel in my subconscious that people should be able to see what is the correct path without being forced down it. So what I'm saying here, folks, is that those people in my life that are in my life are there for a reason. They want to be, and I'm very appreciative of that. That's why I'm so loyal to these people, because they've chosen to interact with me and continue to have me in my life, in their life, through this journey. Uh, it's really important to me. And um, so, yeah, you know, reach out to those friends. Try and keep keep in contact with the people who mean the most to you. Friends and family... They're the, you know, they're the same book, basically. One are blood that, you know, you didn't have a choice of, and one are the family members that you pick in life. So, you know, honest, from the bottom of my heart, don't lose track of those people who are your biggest supporters and have your back. 16. I wish I was more aware of the real world around me. I don't believe this is a huge concern for people currently on their deathbeds, but for the millennial generation, this will be a huge regret. We'll con we're constantly plugging in Everywhere we go, this encourages us to unconsciously ignore the beauty that surrounds us every day. Unplug and look up. You'll be more satisfied with what you find than whatever drama Chandra is starting on Facebook. My generation, folks, Generation X, we're, we, we're extremely fortunate that when we were born, there was no such thing as the Internet. It came along at a point in our lives where we could still adapt and become involved in it and, and become very successful at it. But at the same time, we still remember the, the times before and those times. So if the power goes out, for example, um, I'm perfectly content to grab a book and keep myself busy or, or find something else to do. I don't need the internet. Um, you know, it's a very valuable tool. I enjoy it. There are a lot of things I like. But if the TV isn't there or the internet isn't there, it's not the end of my days. So yeah, folks, um, especially the younger people, this is where digital... Digital detox sometimes is good. Maybe just take a weekend and don't go online. Um, you know, leave your phone, you know, off to the side. Turn off the Wi-Fi. Turn off the mobile data and just take a weekend out. I wish I had more confidence in myself. Everyone is self-conscious, especially those who appear very cocky and sure of themselves. A big mistake people make in life is not truly believing in their own ability. It's such a shame because it's so easy. Only you need to validate your worth. Folks, this is something that I personally struggled with a lot in the past. Um, Self-confidence is contagious. As, as, as he says here, some of the people that you think have got the most confident in, confidence in themselves, they don't. It's a sham. It's a show. I can't tell you how many times I've had people say to me, man, you nailed that presentation and you had it all together. Inside, it was butterflies. You know, I was so nervous I was going to screw up. But, you know, I exuded confidence on the outside. And, you know, they, they, they'd they say to things to me like, oh, it's so easy for you. Oh, trust me, it's not. So, yeah, folks, have some confidence in yourself. 
you should know your, your, your talents and your skills. And so many people that I know that I will say to them, man, you're amazing. I wish I could do that. And they get so humbled by it. You know, again, if you see somebody who's a really good artist, tell them they're a good artist. If you read someone's written word and you think it's brilliant, tell them. If you listen to a program like this and you, you think that what I'm doing is worthwhile, tell me. Because that helps my confidence and it helps yours and everyone else's. I don't know about yourself, but I'm, I'm quick to compliment others and I'm very humble about complimenting myself. So hearing the compliments from other people is actually really, really good for me because then I'll say to myself, well, you know, man, maybe they're right. Maybe I am pretty good at this. I wish I trusted my intuition. That little voice in the back of your head is there for a reason. Sadly for many of us, this voice can be self-defeating and quite harsh about life. There are, however, many other occasions where this voice is the megaphone for the heart, telling you what you truly desire and deeply want. Listen to it. So it's gut feeling. You know, we've all heard that saying, oh, I had a, I had a gut feeling about this person or, or this situation. By all means, listen to it. There's an excellent book called Blink that a very close friend of mine um, got me to get into. And in fact, I've got to go back and reread it. And Blink basically deals with this... Um, this gut feeling and the validity of it as a thing. So, yeah, again, you know, trust your instincts, trust your intuition. If somebody makes you feel odd or strange, you know, they, there is probably a reason behind it. So, you know, again, just just don't um, don't doubt that gut feeling. You know, you use it use it to your advantage. Um, number nineteen. I wish I ran with a better crowd. Choose to believe this or not, but you are the direct result of the people you surround yourself with. If you run with idiots, chances are high you will become one. The beauty of life is that we have the conscious choice on who we spend our time with and what we spend our time doing. I can't speak for you, but I seek people who will always challenge, encourage, and push me to grow. So yeah, folks, um, I mean, with this, I think we all know people in our lives that are probably not the most conducive to our growth as people. I've had some really good people in my life um, who have pushed me and encouraged me to continue to improve because as humans, I believe, um, even if we remove, you know, the strive for, you know, a career and money and all of that, we should always be looking to improve and, and, and just get better at whatever it is we do. You know, um, again, I know a few people who don't have to work, and, but whatever they do, they're always competitive. They're always pushing themselves to improve in those things that they do. So again, you know, um, yeah, just be careful who you hang out with, who you give your time to. Think about it, you know, is what is the reason that you're spending time with them? Is is it valuable time for you or is it a one-way street, you know? Are they taking advantage of you? Are they using you for some reason, um, you know? I don't judge people by socioeconomic, obviously, as, as I've said on this show. I don't judge a book by its cover generally. I treat you how you treat me. I am basically a mirror. If you treat me well, I will reciprocate. I've known some people on the bottom end of, of, of the, um, you know, kind of life's, uh, life's heap, and I've known some of the upper crust, and I've been treated equally well by both ends, and I've had people on both ends of the scale that um, just aren't my cup of tea. So, you know... Just be very careful. You know, there's that old saying, and it goes that um, it's hard to soar like an eagle when you're surrounded by turkeys. So, you know, just just make sure that um, the people that are surrounding you are there for a good reason in your life. 
And it doesn't always have to be to push you, but I just mean, you know, everyone who wants to be in your life should be there for a reason. You know, they should add value. So number 20, I wish I walked the walk. Far too many people are good at vocalizing the life they want, but are horrendous at putting a plan into action to get there. It's not enough to dream out loud or quietly in your head. You must absolutely need to put yourself out there and leap into action. We can all relate to the struggles and battles that life brings, but that doesn't mean we have to roll over and take it. It's tough, sure, but anything that's worthwhile is. It really comes down to simple choice. Struggle for fulfillment now, or wish you did it in your final moments alive. Only you can decide. So again, folks, um, I think every person who um, you know is listening to this knows uh, an example of someone like this. So if you're a sports fan, you know, and you watch TV, there might be a, 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 a man or a woman that's smaller than the other players or not as fast, not as strong, but they call them scrappy or they say they're a battler, you know, because they're always in there. They, they don't give up. Uh, they, they keep pushing. Be like that, you know. Um, you know, as I've said on this program many times, you know, I'm hypocritical about many things. And there are things like this that I've got to push myself to do. Again, it's fine to, to have that moment in, in life where you take a step back and you just need to gather your thoughts before you move forward. But if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. And you've always got to remember that in, in whatever it is that you're doing. Um, you know, whether it's uh, exercise or uh, work skills or emotional skills, you know, um, having empathy with, with people. If you remove yourself from people, your skills are going to, to deteriorate. It's just how it is. Um, you know, a, a good way to look at this is Arnold Schwarzenegger, as I say. You know, you, you can picture Arnold Schwarzenegger in um, Pumping Iron or another movie, and let's say he's he's bench pressing 600 pounds. Well, if he's pushing himself to bench press 601, 602, 603, even if he only lifts the 600, he's still progressing because he's mentally he's pushing himself, he's trying to improve. But the moment that he doesn't, he's moving backwards. If he takes two months off from bench pressing, he's not going to, you know, be able to go back in the gym and bench press 600. He's going to have to start over, let's say, maybe five, 500 or 550 and work his way back up. And that's the same with you and I and our life skills. So, you know, make no mistakes. Having a timeout sometimes is the best thing you can do. Sometimes mentally we just need it. But if you're not improving, you, you're actually going backwards. Don't forget that, you know. Um, that is the truth of life. So look, all of those things, folks, hit very close to home for me. Um, life is a gift. Um, I firmly believe that we're here on this planet to uh, learn lessons and to help others. Um, we're not going to learn every lesson. Um, I don't believe that anyone in life can learn every lesson. As I've said, everyone has regrets. I would bet you if you asked the Dalai Lama, uh, do you have any regrets? He would say, yes, he does. Uh, I'm sure the most rich and, um, you know, talented people. I'm sure if you ask uh, Jeff Bezos or uh, any of the multi-billionaires or if you ask Ronaldo or, um, you know, uh, any anyone, um, if they had regrets, I would say that almost every human does. But don't let them rule your lives, folks. There is still time. There's always time. Even if it's one day, you've got a chance to tell people how you feel. Thank people and work on yourself. So with that, folks, I hope that you've enjoyed the program as always. Um, again, you can go and go over to Instagram and uh, follow the show if you'd like. Um, just, you know, just look it up with the, the Fortunate Son podcast on Instagram. 
uh, you can email me. Um, don't forget, I've got my other podcast, The Paranormal Sun, where I cover all things paranormal, strange, bizarre, unexplained. So, you know, everything from UFOs to Bigfoot to ghosts, all sorts of things on there. And again, you can find that on the same venue. Uh, and I've got the uh, Instagram page. If, uh, if there is something that you want to know, as always, just drop a line. Um, or you can send me a voice message on the Anchor website, and I'll be happy to get back to you when I can. Aside from that, my friends, I hope that you enjoy the rest of your week. I really do wish you nothing but the best in your journey of life. Uh, I'm always pulling for you. I'm always rooting for you. And uh, honestly, folks, I love you. Take care.